This is the Alpaca Podcast for all things alpaca. If you're an owner, a soon-to-be owner, a want-to-be owner, or are just alpaca mad or love the fleece, welcome to the Alpaca Tribe. I'm Steve Hetherington. Hi, Steve here, and welcome to the Alpaca Tribe, the podcast for alpaca people. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Winter is well and truly here now. Colder, damper, and darker earlier. My friend and neighbour Arwell, who we get our hay from, was dropping off a large round bale of hay for me the other day, and he commented that it will be the shortest day soon. And I thought it was only me. I love that pivot point and start watching for those extra minutes of daylight to start creeping back. But that's a few weeks away. Anyway, we do what we can with what we've got and we do the best we can, don't we? So we have a special guest today, one of my favourite guests, in fact. And her name is Sue Hetherington. Ah, yes, you've noticed it. Yes, this is Sue, my <laughs> wife. <laughs> Hi, Sue. It's great to have you on the podcast. You you lurk in the background so much of the time. It's really nice to have you up front. Uh, it's really nice to be here yeah. and seeing your lovely face on the screen. Well, there you go. No, no, because it's a podcast, people can't see my lovely face, but you can. That's that's your, your privilege. So we've been looking after alpacas for, well, it's approaching, approaching 13, 13 years, years. Actually, coming up in the spring. Yeah. And... We've <laughs> got to say we've learned a lot, which we have. Uh, some of it's been the hard way, and it's been an opportunity to grow and learn together, but also learn with the alpacas. Mm. And they've they've done a lot of the teaching, actually. Mm, if you give them a have. chance, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they certainly have. <laughs> what I wanted to to think about today really was talking to alpacas, mm. and it's one of those things that you you hear them talking to each other. I think I mentioned the other the other episode about it's it's so tempting to talk back to them. They go, hmm. So you go, hmm, back. But what mm. are you saying? And some of that humming, because of the experience of when you bring them in, they 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 make a lot more of that, a lot louder, a lot more intense. It tells you that it's not just a friendly sound, but it's also an expression of uh, not anxiety, but but just a little bit of caution, a little bit of, are you there? I'm here. And it's just a little bit of a herd thing going on. So when we talk with alpacas, what can we say? How can we say it that's going to make the best kind of interaction? And uh, so, yeah, I was thinking about that this morning when I was, and I was talking to them and thinking, this is, do they understand the words that I'm saying to them? What do you think? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, but actually, I just want to go step a few steps back here and say, are we bonkers? You know, talking to alpacas, what? Um, but actually, actually, this is part of becoming connected with them. You know, we can't bring ourselves into the same space that they are. And, and in that sense, think that we're totally separate from them because everything that we do, how we stand, how we, the tone of our voice, you know, all of that makes a big difference. Mm. But I guess part of what you're you're raising here is the do they understand it? You know, well, have we right. got a language well, barrier here? <laughs> I don't think we have, but but equally, they probably understand more than we think 
that they do. And I, I think there's a there are things that we can do which will improve that situation. We will we'll, we'll come on to. But I think you're absolutely right about the the body language and the the way we say things, the the kind of things that that we do as we interact with them can make a big difference. They're watching us all the time. Mm, um, absolutely. Even when, yeah, yeah. even when because of the eye on the side of the head rather than the front like we are, then even when they're not looking at us directly, they're still mm-hmm. watching us. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. So the body language is communicating as much as anything that we might say physically. And the question is whether they understand the words that we speak. And I think not particularly. <laughs> I think they get familiar with sounds. They get particular, particularly their names, actually. They get familiar mm, with those. Mm. And some of them, in we've noticed, do respond to their names. Mm, mm. But that only arises because actually we've done the bonkers thing and we've called them by their names since they were born. Mm. Since they since they either came into the valley as um, alpacas that we bought or they were birthed in the valley. I mean, it's still, it's still strange, isn't it, that, that people think it, people who come here are really surprised that we know all of the alpacas by name and they've got names and we'll speak them out. But we've been doing that ever since they were born. Yeah, that's right. And I think people are surprised in terms of the numbers that we've got. How can we remember all of them? Well, it's just like a classroom full of children. I mm. wouldn't have a clue. Mm. But the parents, the the teachers, and the other kids in the in the class, they they are, you, you can cope with that number of of names very easily. So we've been doing it as we as they've been growing up. We've been talking to them, and they've been familiar with that sound. And some have got familiar with the sound of their names. Mm. And mm. particularly when we're doing husbandry work, that's really been important. It is. And the interesting thing is that if I think back to our herd, there are probably some key individuals that we use their name more regularly than others. And they do tend to be the individuals who have more more of an impact on the herd, more of a um, an influence on how how the herd are feeling, how settled they are or unsettled, where they think they're going. So some some key key animals. So Megan, who was the firstborn, um, Millie, Millie, Millie <laughs> the matriarch, the matriarch, yeah, 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 um, who walks off her own sweet way. Um, Awena. Now Awena is a big girl in all sorts of ways, and if she's getting flighty or getting upset, then then her calming down actually makes a big difference to everyone not least because she (laughs) she doesn't bump into them when she's moving around um and the interesting thing about thinking about awena is that the tone of her name um has a particular ring to it awena awena (laughs) come on awena which sounds quite different to hello shonet hello shonet hello megs Like dogs, I, I don't think they've learnt English or whatever language you're speaking to them, but they understand the shape of the sound and they respond to the shape of the sound. And that's reinforced because we look at them. And mm. certainly there are times when I use their names and I'm very intentionally having eye contact with them, but also recognising that 
sometimes they don't want that much eye contact. So I'm quite careful about how I talk to Amelia. Because if you talk to Amelia front on and she's in one of those moods, you might just get um, a face full of gunk. Yeah, um, absolutely. So it's usually a Amelia into her ear. Yes. She's she's very uh, very present. She likes, likes mm, to follow me into mm -hmm. the, the tack room and, and try and have the food first. She, she managed to spill some on the floor for me yesterday when I was trying to put some in a bucket and she, she stuck her head in. <laughs> in the mm. way too quickly mm. um and she'll stand around and she'll she'll put up with a bit of yes uh, she will a bit of a bit of fussing but it is always on her terms still oh, and absolutely. nose to nose mm -mm. eye to eyes okay nose to nose you need to be a bit mm. more careful um and some of them you just I, when millie forget it you're not going to go nose to nose with millie and without Never. getting covered in green and Never. and megan well she she's better with you but she she I, I know she's got a bit of attitude anyway but she is better with you and we'll make that beeline across the field to come and see oh, you yes she will and um yeah that's that 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 being reassured by the sound of the voice talking to them i think makes a difference so we're using their name a lot but it's also the way it sounds i think the way we talk to them the the tone of voice um, I think there's a difference between get out of here, the barn's on fire, to, um, oh, hello, nice to see you. How are you today? And even though they don't understand the English, we understand the English. And because of the words that we're using, the the intent behind it, the, the gentleness, the reassuring nature of what you're saying actually gets communicated along with the words. So I think you, you, you do need to speak the words that makes sense in the circumstances you're in. And I think, too, um, each of us have, in that sense, um, both a tone of our voice um, and we have a shape of our voice, a rhythm of our voice. So when you're speaking to them, you've got quite a sing-songy mm. kind, of, kind of diction. Um, how are you today? Um, just to say it again, Steve, how do you say it? So it'd be, hello, Megan. How are you? How are you? How are you doing today? How are you today? Yes, I, I don't know. I, I say it sort of. Yeah, like, I do it automatically. Don't I? <laughs> you do, but I think I think they pick up that they pick up the gentleness, they pick up the tone, but they also pick up the shape, the inflection. Mm. Yeah. Um, and there are times when um, I will do that quite intentionally, quite deliberately. So if if for any reason I haven't been around with them close up for some time, um, maybe because, you know, my work's taken me elsewhere or I've just been otherwise engaged, then if I go in with the group or if I'm walking along a green path and they're close by, I will, I'll, and maybe I'm wearing a different jacket. Maybe I'm, mm. you know, looking they slightly different. They do know different. the difference, do they? Oh, they yeah. do. Um, or if I've got the dog with me, then I will very intentionally talk to them so that it gives them a reassurance that they know who I am. Um, and it's, it, you can see the difference when we have guests here and they're going, oh, well, who are they? Yes, who are you? Who are you? Particularly if, they borrowed, if they borrowed one of your coats oh, or your, yeah, or your jacket and, they, and kind of, oh, it's not who I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. But they, they pick up from a distance. They can pick up shape and movement. Um, 
of people who they know and people they don't recognize, Mm-mm-mm. which is quite interesting. Mm. So they're, they're very, very much that kind of interaction uh, is, is the level or the depth that they're, they're working to. Yeah. But there's also the, um, the kind of things that you do where it's actually giving some kind of instruction from a distance. Hmm. So when you're, <laughs> ca- when you're calling them down, you know, they, they can't see you. They might have clocked. It might be at a certain time in the afternoon or the morning um, when feed might be happening. But also when you're calling them, maybe when there's something else that we want to do with them, then your voice carries down, down the valley, but it's the, it's the shape of what you're saying to them oh. that they respond to. Do you want to just demonstrate it? I will, yes. I, re- <laughs> I reveal my northern roots. Yes. Um, it's from the northeast of England originally. So I use the word Hawaii. Um, it's really funny when we've had visitors here, they've tried to, to copy what I was saying. And it really doesn't sound anything like what I say. Um, and it's just a strange, strange word, strange phrase, which it means come on, effectively. Um, so, howey, howey. But it, you, can, you can project that down the valley and I can, mm. I can attract their attention and get them to come all the way down from the far end of the valley. Um, usually they have to be hungry, but otherwise they d- certainly will have noticed me calling them on clapping and and whistling so i have particular calls for them and i think that's useful for 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 you as owners to be thinking about what is it that you say to attract the attention of the animals but also to to call them in so some people use the word alpacas or packa 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 and sort of that's another thing you've got to be careful haven't you what you name dogs and you you do things because you've got to be able to shout it at the top of your voice in in a park or or down the down the valley here, and I, I sometimes hear the neighbours calling their sheepdog or whatever, and thinking, "Oh, do you think they hear me as much as I hear them?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sure they, I'm sure they, they do. do. I'm they sure do. they do. So, finding something that works for you and for your alpacas, but also is okay to shout at at, uh, at a high volume is is useful. So, think about what you might you might use as your call your call sign, something mm-hmm. that, that brings mm-hmm. them in. It could be just the sound of food being shook, shake, sort of shaking the food in the bucket, um, or metal troughs. I've, I know when I'm cleaning out the metal troughs and I drop them on the on the concrete, it's uh, that's a sound that travels and it brings them running because they like the idea of food. But yeah, no, I, I can mm. call them and they mm. they will respond. So do think about what you can do and and get them used to really. Uh, so. Another uh, another particular phrase or. A- in that sense, a conversation you have with them is when you're trying to encourage them to stand and to get into mm. balance. And that that's interesting because this is all part of saying, actually, how do you interact with the alpacas? Not so that you're forcing them to do something, but just so that you're, you're um, giving them a sense of stability, a sense of sureness of okayness of of balance really isn't it and when you when you do that you are you're talking to them and you're saying to them um okay just just stand for me stand for me um don't you just again just (laughs) remember what it is that you say because you're because that it, it it's become part of 
how you get them to relax into standing equally on all four, all yeah, four I mean, feet and being balanced. They, yeah, particularly if they, they're disturbed and they're getting mm. a bit um, concerned and sort of dancing around a bit, as they do sometimes, mm. then mm. I, I, I always use the word steady, 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 and just calm them down just mm. so that they – because otherwise they're going to, you know, it just escalates everything. There's no point in getting upset with them. But even if they speak right in the in your face, they're only doing what comes naturally. And you probably did something to make them yep. do that. There's yep. an odd one that that's that's just uh, they're awkward like that. But generally, you're provoking mm. some kind of response. Mm. Um, so it's your fault if things go go badly. <laughs> At least you're the one that should be in control anyway. So. You need to learn how to to do that. So steady, steady, steady. Yeah, just, that's right. Just calming, coming down. And uh, no, no, stand, 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 stand. Just, just re reinforce. Just a little. Just, just reinforcing that they're doing the right thing. Um, and it's, I guess, it's similar to what we would do with a dog. Uh, they're not, they're not dogs, and they behave quite differently to dogs. But there's a similarity in terms of what you're doing with your voice to steady mm. and, and, and calm them down. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So talking with alpacas. Yes, I think they do understand some words, and I think they certainly understand the intent behind what you're saying. So practice what what you're doing when you're talking with them. Generally, your, far, <laughs> your barn isn't on fire. You don't have to shout at them to make them do things. You can just talk gently. Develop some phrases and some things that they can become familiar with that mm. are calming sounds and and again i think using the words that make sense to you will allow you to express the right kind of intent mm. so if it's you know steady calm down calm, just yes that kind of sound is is something that that communicates it's okay you're reinforcing that you're a safe person to be around and that the things are okay, and then you listen to and watch what they're doing with each other, mm. Um, mm. <laughs> and and then you avoid upsetting them the way they upset each other because sometimes they just stand too close or they they grumble. You're, you shouldn't be near my bucket. Go away. Um, yeah. And who do you think you are? You're just a baby. You shouldn't be in my food and those kind of mm. things. So there's particular sounds they will use with each other. So it, it's always worth observing those things and making a note of them as well. So, yeah, talking with alpacas, not just about mm. alpacas. We like to talk about alpacas, but talking with alpacas. So hopefully that's raised some thoughts for you and some things that you can have a go at next time you're around an alpaca. And that's a good idea. If you can, why don't you go and spend some time with an alpaca? It's going to do you good. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Sue, for being on the podcast today. And You're we'll welcome. see you again soon and stay well, stay safe. Bye for now. This is the Alpaca Tribe, and I'm Steve Hetherington. Have a great day.